0: Thank you! Thank you guys so much. Oh my God, I wish I could have that as my alarm clock every morning. I would feel so much better about myself when I started the day. Ah, So this is Tell Me More Night at the Push Comedy Theaters. This is a show that we do once a month on the third Sunday of every month, where people come up and they talk about real experiences from their own lives. Every month, we pick a theme. This time, the theme is Revive. Because let's face it, I don't know, but you guys, the past year and a half plus, not a whole lot of stuff going on, not a lot of excitement in our lives, and we're bringing it back. So a few years ago, I actually worked at, at Trader Joe's in Virginia Beach, and it was a really cool time in my life. It was a, actually a pretty good job, pretty good benefits. Uh, I got to move around all day at work. Um, and it was close enough to my house I could actually ride my bike. And riding your bike to work feels so cool because I feel like you appreciate the world around you a little bit more when you're doing when you're seeing the world on a bike. And when you actually get to work, you don't have that like sense of like, okay, I kinda have to build up momentum to work. Like you feel like you're awake when you get there. Um So I really liked it. There was one day though where I, I had a long day of work. And I was getting ready to ride my bike home. Got going, I got to a red light. And then, I don't know about you guys, but I always, whenever I'm riding my bike on the street, like I need to get going as fast as I can when I see a green light. Because I feel so nerdy riding my bike. Like I feel like I'm such an imposter when I'm riding my bike on a real city street. I just look at the other cars and I'm like, Hey, I got tires too. So the light turns green and I put all of my momentum, all of my power into the pedals underneath me and I don't realize it, but at that moment my chain snaps and I lose balance and I go over the handlebars and smash my face into the ground. This is, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I have road rash on my face. Uh, people are actually coming up to me and they're like, oh my god, are you okay? And I definitely have a light concussion at this moment. It's not necessarily like a full knock-you-out concussion. It's more of a people come up and ask you if you're okay, and you're too fucked up to realize that you're not okay concussion. But uh, I kind of get it together, and I, I walk my bike to a bike shop, and I I, I asked for them to repair it and like this just side note, like great, fuck that bike shop. Because I walked in just like bloody and like dizzy and I'm just like I just I just had a horrible bike accident and I was worried about looking nerdy but then I just crashed my bike not even moving and I don't feel so good and the the guy at the counter could not give less of a fuck. He's just like, Yeah, okay, probably be like two or three days like For all I know, this is what this guy sees every day. Maybe there's just a pile of bloody bicycles and this is just Tuesday for him, but it's a bad day for me. But in the end, I realized what I got to do. I got to get up, dust myself off, and keep going where I'm trying to go. So I started doing stand-up back in 2005, and I was terrible then. I like to think I've gotten a little bit better, but... I remember the audience that I had was just incredibly tough. I actually had a guy who, he came to shows over and over and just loved to boo people. And I swear to God, he wrote boo on a napkin and then stood up and showed me and then turned around and showed the rest of the class. Like, it was as if the boos he were giving me, like, weren't enough just out loud. He had to write it down on something solid for posterity and don't get me wrong, I still love dick jokes, but I, I've learned... <laughs> you are so great. It's a, a good dick. Uh, <laughs> but I learned that like you could incorporate storytelling into stand-up, and it's, it's something that I, I really fell in love with, because instead of just going like joke to joke to joke to joke, you're able to take people on a journey, and that was really exciting for me. But I realized that we had no place to, to do that, so... This show that you're at had many different versions at many different venues. I was actually trying to think about all the different places that this show has taken place at and none of them exist anymore. It's been that long. Like, there's that weird thing where you live in Norfolk and you move here because there's really exciting bars to go to, like Tortilla West and the New Belmont and then years go by and then you realize that T-West is gone and The New Belmont is actually a place called Pixels, and that doesn't make any sense, and you want to call it the New Old Belmont, but that makes even less sense. But now, now we have this place, the the Push Comedy Theater, and this place is amazing. This is a place where people are able to come up and and do improv, and and sketches original content, and see some stand-up, and obviously some storytelling, And I think that's so amazing. You see all that stuff here. And I'm just so happy that, like, yeah, you know, venues are going to come and go. Pandemics that literally stop everything are going to come and go. But, you know, as long as there's people who come out to support storytelling and people that have stories to tell, this show's going to be here. So what do you got to do, guys, when it gets tough? You got to get up, dust yourself off, and get to where you're trying to go. So uh, that being said, I am going to bring up your first storyteller for the evening. And you guys, the energy you guys are giving me is so awesome. Thank you so much. I want you to keep that... That same kind of love and energy for this next guy. He is a great friend of mine. I've done stand-up and improv with him. He's part of a sketch comedy team here that performs called The Dumpster Dudes. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Ed Phillips.
1: Give it up for Brenda Kennedy, y'all. How y'all feeling tonight? Feeling good? Fantastic. Uh, If you're thirsty or you want something, make sure you go see Pants in the Wiener Hole. Uh, Don't do it during my thing because it's going to be a good one. But (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I am a comedian. Uh, Not like that. Uh, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. I'm not like this. Narcissist guy who like forgets his friends and demands everyone's constant attention when he's around. Um, but thank you for coming tonight to pay attention to me. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but no, you know, I started performing because I have just always liked comedy, uh, and I've always liked creating things. You know, and that being said, I never wanted to be in a position where I had to kind of make something just because I thought that it was what somebody wanted to see. Uh, To be completely honest, when I'm doing my comedy, I don't really write with an audience in mind, and I know that that seems selfish and maybe also counterintuitive, uh, but hear me out, (laughs) because it's just when you make something, it's just a lot of time, it's a lot of effort, and... To make something for the sole purpose of someone else like Just because you think it's what someone else wants you to make It just doesn't make sense to me, and I'll tell you why Because when you do that, you have no idea if what you've made is good Uh, The only way that you can judge whether or not the thing you made is good Is based on if that person enjoyed it and that might be dumb, so don't put yourself in that position. You guys are all smart. I'm not talking about you. This is about, this is uh, this is other audiences that I've been in front of. It's not, it's not you. Y'all are great. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, and you know, I, I've i always thought that whatever I made, it was going to be based on what was important to me. Uh, because good or bad, you know, I want to feel good about what I make. Um. <laughs> I used to, back in the day, uh, go to this little uh, improv comedy show at the Cinema Cafe on Independence Boulevard. Uh, And at the beginning of the night, the host, every week, he would say, you know, if y'all want to get up here and try this, make sure you come talk to me after the show. Uh, You might not know it now, but at the time, I was not the most confident person I mean, realistically, even now, I'm not the most confident person. Uh, Honestly, if self-esteem... If there's such a thing as, like, a a healthy level of self-esteem... Or a healthy level of self-doubt... My self-doubt goes to the gym seven days a week... And it only eats bread that was made from cauliflower. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, you know, in November of 2014... Uh, With a lot of encouragement from my friends I went and talked to the host After the show And then I did it every week For three months until he put me on the show (laughs) Uh, And I gotta tell you Once I started I was hooked Like immediately I performed every single Wednesday, and then I got involved with stand-up comedy, so I was performing every Wednesday and every Thursday, and then I got into a comedy group, and I was making friends with the other comedians, and by 2016, I was doing some kind of performing, writing, or rehearsing just about every night of the week, Uh, and man, I I gotta tell you, it felt great, you know, like I, I felt like I had a purpose, like I was working towards goals, and for the first time in my life, I was actually being celebrated for something that I liked and that I felt like I was good at. Uh, thank you. <laughs>
0: um,
1: unfortunately, it was also around that same time, I realized that other people are comedians. Uh, <laughs> and they are like that. Um you know, I was in a place where I was I was able to be creative, and that was a plus. Um, new ideas, not so much. Not so much on the new ideas. So I really kind of, I dedicated myself to creating other people's content, to putting up their visions and their shows. Um, I figured if I can't make what I want to make, I can at least make something. Uh, So I started kind of blowing my friends off, and I'd be like, well, you know, I can't, man. I can't do it tonight. I just, there's this last-minute rehearsal. I really want to be ready for this show, you know, and then I'd start breaking dates, and I'd be like, well, you know, I'm sorry. I just, I really want to get some reps in on this new set, so I'm just going to pick up a show real quick, and then I'll come over afterwards. Um, And honestly, (laughs) a lot of these things were not even shows that I was really excited about. You know, they were not things that I really even wanted to do. It was just doing them because, like, I felt like I needed the reps. I needed the practice. I needed to just keep elevating myself, keep pushing myself. And it just got to a point where it was kind of too much. Uh, so in 2018, I decided I was going to take a step back. And I kind of pulled back from these projects that I just really wasn't feeling. I started doing my own thing. I started my own group Uh, With three other comics that I liked working with. And we were just going to do the stuff that we wanted to do. We were going to make the content we wanted to make. We were going to do shows that we always wanted to do. And I was ecstatic. Like, this finally was what I always wanted to do. And I was never going to be in a position where I had to make content that I didn't really believe in. Uh, Or so I thought. (laughs) Because... uh, You know i had really removed myself from that space and i was doing my own thing um but the comedy community is very small uh and pretty soon it started getting back to me that these people that i had worked with for years were not my biggest fan shock surprising no one uh and they were kind of like just telling lies about me, you know, just saying, like, they made me, and that I was stealing content from them, and that, you know, I was just actively plotting their downfall, and it's like, I'm not that smart, I can't plot a downfall for anybody, I I wish I could, but I can't, Uh, but (laughs) honestly, I got so mad, you guys, I was pissed off, and I was like, well, you know what, if they want to talk about me, I'm going to give them a whole lot to talk about. (laughs) Uh, you know, so I like I just really went head first I dove in I started writing and filming and performing and producing and I was just like you know what I I, I, I I am gonna make sure that every time you see me you're gonna know that I'm the guy that makes stuff happen that I'm the guy who had the drive that I'm the guy who had the talent that I'm the guy who's gonna get this done and then everything stopped March of 2020. <laughs> yeah. March of 2020. Everything shut down. There were no shows. There were no comedy groups. I was in the eye of the hurricane, and I looked around, and I realized that I was alone. I, at that point, Uh, A lot of my comedy friends had just kind of started acting like I didn't exist. Uh, And unfortunately, I had alienated a lot of my non-comedy friends well before that point. I realized that I had pushed my girlfriend away. And as I stopped to think about it, I realized that even in that moment, when I thought that I was proving myself, I was still just making content for other people's approval. And that hurt. That was not a great feeling. Uh, And I think that that's something that we all go through. I think we all, whether it be consciously or subconsciously, we frame ourselves based on the people that we surround ourselves with. And I think we definitely get to a point where we have to decide who we are without the context of those people's perspectives uh, I think if this were a movie, this would be the point where the music swells uh, and, <laughs> and everything clicks into place and there maybe there'd be like a title card that comes down here that says I got picked up for SNL or something like that But <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed uh But no, you know, this honestly is the point where I figured out that I needed to start over. So, let's try this again. I'm a comedian. And, thank you. (laughs) I'm a comedian. Sometimes I am like that. But I'm working on it. Guys, my name is Ed Phillips. I'm going to bring Brenda Kennedy back up to the stage, make some noise for him.
0: Guys, give a go for Ed Phillips something uh, that you might be interested in, go to tellmemorelive.org, and you can find out more information about past shows that we've done. You can find out more information about future shows. You can submit a story that you would, might want to tell on stage here at the Bush. Next month, October, the theme is Fear.